WKNC 88.1. This is DJ Beowulf coming to you live off of HD2, where we have a very special guest in studio today. Um, I have the honor and privilege of sitting down with local rap legend Pat Jr., who will be performing at WKNC's 17th annual Double Barrel Benefit. I heard that laugh in the corner, but I promise it's the truth and not flattery. We are beyond excited to do uh, this little get-to-know-the-artist segment. Um, and to everyone tuning in and checking him out, we are very excited to have you listening in as well. So, Pat, if you want to go ahead and officially introduce yourself to the air, that'd be awesome. What's going on? Uh, I am Pat Jr. I am an artist of sorts. Mainly people know me for my music, my rapping, um, but I'm also a writer, songwriter, producer. I do sound design. And I'm also into the visual arts as well. But right now, those are the things that, <laughs> that people know me for in the forefront. So definitely really excited about this and the opportunity. So, yeah. I mean, don't sell yourself short. Definitely a jack of all trades. Like you said yourself, we're going to be here mostly talking about the music, but everything that encompasses your artistry and who you are is relevant to this interview. So we'll probably touch on a lot of different topics. Um, first and foremost, for someone who had never listened to your music, where could they find it if they walk away from this interview going, I really like that guy? <laughs> um, it's on all streaming platforms. Uh, I recently released an album called I Thought I Knew. Uh, which I'm sure we'll be talking about, but definitely mm -hmm. it's Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere. Um, I like to kind of throw this curveball to some artists, but is it also on Tidal? Yes, it <laughs> is. It's everywhere. It's everywhere, so yeah. It's really funny for me when I get people in the room and I go, but is it on Tidal? You said all streaming services, and they look at each other and they're like, ah about that is it <laughs> so nice it's literally everywhere glad to hear it there's no reason why anyone shouldn't be hearing it and we also play pat jr on wknc which once again is in promotion of the 17th annual double barrel benefit um, before i get into talking about pat specifically i'd like to remind the audience that dbb 17 will be held at kings in downtown raleigh on february 7th and 8th pat is head uh, headlining night one which is february 7th uh, and will be supported by other local acts which uh include Vacant Company, King Gino, and Dot Wave Media. Uh, this interview with Pat has been done in a series where we're talking to as many of the double barrel artists as we can get to. Um, and I'm very excited to have the first of our headliners to talk to me today, um, which is very, very cool on my part. Swiveling back to you, you talked about that album that you released recently, I Thought I Knew. When did it come out? Mm, so we dropped it November. Mm, I'm bad with dates, but it was in November, early November for sure. Uh, but yeah, we dropped it in November, but the previous, uh, month, and I won't forget this day, October the 20th, we held a listening session or an album listening experience of sorts at, uh, the creative arts, excuse me, uh, contemporary art museum in downtown Raleigh. And so, you know, it was a silent listening session where everyone had their own personal wireless headphones, mm -hmm. which is really cool yeah um, and I just kind of dreamed up this whole um, session myself after being inspired by just watching certain things but if people are familiar with Jay-Z he had um, a video slash documentary um, for his song Picasso and so there was like this idea of art inception where in the middle you have him standing on a platform and rapping but then you have these designers and, uh, you know, artists, singers, dancers who who are, you know, world known yeah. um, or internationally known. And they were sitting in front of him watching him as the art, 
but then there's an outer layer of everyone watching them. So yeah. I got inspired from that, uh, which that came out some years ago, but to just put on some kind of like art event slash album listening and like just make it special, like making it an experience for the city, for the area that nobody's ever been to. And so we had that, but also I had an illustrator uh, who created some illustrations for eight out of um, the 11 tracks on the project. And yeah, like, you know, like it, it was, it was special. It was yeah. really dope. So I, I, I ended up rolling that stuff out. Um, and there's a documentary actually, actually coming out for it on next week, Wednesday. Uh, my good friend, Patrick Lincoln, he runs Torch House Media. Um, you people who are listening, if some of the artists in the area, he does a lot of their work and he's really good at what he does. So he documented the whole experience and we captured that in 10 minutes and it like it's really good. I'm not yeah. like it, it. It's 10 minutes. It doesn't seem like 10 minutes because it's super engaging. Like you get like lost shorter or longer. Well, it's 10 minutes long. Yeah. But it feels shorter. Interesting. You know, so because it's just super engaging. And I think, you know, we captured the essence of what happened well. But what I did was um I made a plan to like, you know, have everybody view the art because each illustration went, went with a certain song. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards we had uh, two people for each song. They had like a, a, a time frame of maybe about two or three minutes to kind of talk about and review mm -hmm. the like the song they were given. So random people were selected to give their thoughts on a certain song, if it resonated with them, what they thought about it and all that. So I think it's going to be like we captured that that you know event and put it in documentary form and i think it's really cool and i'm i'm really excited about it because it really encompasses who i am as an artist like yeah. not just a rapper and not just a producer like i actually have a vision for how i like to present myself as an artist and just who i am as a person and right. a creative but i also like sharing that experience with other people you know to provoke thought or to relate most importantly to others um so so yeah, I really think it like it it captures not just who I am as an artist, but who I am as a person. So I'm really excited about it. Really excited about it. Uh, and I mean, there's a bunch of things that I could touch on real quick. So I'm gonna hit a bunch of different points because okay. clearly I can tell this is going to be an incredibly engaging conversation. Mm -hmm. um, for the event, you said that the event was uh, October 20th, but that the album came out in early November. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the production of the album goes, you must have had it like already waiting in the wings so that you could have it prepared for this, for lack of a better phrase, other than art event, this promotional event. Mm -hmm. um, how long did it take you to create this album? Um, I would say like probably like a year and a half. And I'm kind of side-eyeing my wife because she is with me during this whole process <laughs> just to make sure I'm not, you know, tripping. Um, about a year and a half, I put it together with a good friend of mine, uh, Daniel Steele. He's a mm -hmm. mentor and just a big brother figure to me, an incredible musician, um, incredible artist. And so, like, we have, we've been friends for, I want to say, about eight years. Yeah. But we just now put out this project. Like, we've put out songs you know, over time, I think you guys have played Stepping Out the Batcave before up here. Mm -hmm. That's produced by D. Steel and some other songs as well. Um, but he executive produced the whole project. And so, nice. like, we just 
the chemistry with us is just crazy. Like it's natural. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're friends. I see him as a, you know, big brother mentor. And so like a lot of people don't know this and I've told them he was actually here for the, the, the listening session that came. He actually came from New Jersey. But you had a lot of rally creatives there, uh, in particular, when I was like mm-hmm. uh, switching through the videos and things. Um, and first of all, the illustrations are great. Um, uh, one of the names that I recognized in particular was you had like local film photographer like Linus Terry there uh-huh. who gave like his thoughts on one of your songs. Excuse me for forgetting which song it was. Um, but it was like really cool to see like the diversity of people who were there yeah. to experience your creation. Yeah, yeah. And, and so like I had let people know afterwards so me and daniel got together and started working on the production of what i was going to be creating which i had no clue Mm -hmm. what it was going to be until we actually like so last year i want to say around may um no i'm sorry not last year 2018 um of may we got together during the summer i think it was may or june but we got together and we just i didn't know what i was working on we just got together and started like putting production together just making beats and stuff and so a lot of people don't know but me and daniel that was our first time meeting in person like we have kept a long-going friendship over telephone like uh marco polo like google (laughs) chat like you know we talk facetime and all that stuff but you know, we kept, we grew a very strong relationship just over that. And then in 2018 of the summer, that was our first time seeing each other face to face. And it wasn't weird at all because it was like, oh, I've known you, you in the flesh. Years. I've yeah. known you for a long time. And you've probably seen photos of him and things. So, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like just to see him in person, it was just really cool. Like, yeah. And so, you know, I'd stay there for about a week at his, at his house. And I remember sitting down. We were having, excuse me, a, 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 we were having a, like, brother, it was a big brother to little brother moment. And so we were talking, and he, he was kind of checking me in some areas, that, you know, as his brother, but also yeah. just kind of, like, you know, pushing me to step it up in certain places and, and causing me to think about things. And so at the moment, in that moment when I'm sitting there, I started thinking to myself, like, I really, like, just based off the things that he was saying, I was like, I really thought I knew what I was doing. Mm. And just, and these are, this is not about, all about music, it's just about life. Yeah. You know? And when I said, I really thought I knew, and I was like, oh, that's it. Like, that's what I'm going to talk about. Like, these, these life lessons where... I thought I knew certain things about myself and the man that I've become. And what's crazy is, is that uh, I still had some lessons that I had to learn yeah. from that moment until the album came out. So a lot of that material is really fresh. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it is fresh. Like I had a lot of the concepts. Like I don't, I'm not a artist that just, I can go and write to anything at any moment. Yeah. But when I'm creating an album, like I like to have all the production done mm-hmm. because the you know, groundwork already there. Right. Yeah. So for me, it's like I went to I have my master's in creative writing, um, and so you know I learned script writing, storyboarding, and all that stuff. So I like to actually create like production, listen to it, and then say to myself like, okay, 
How does this make me feel? What do I want to talk about on this song? So I kind of outline. I have a concept for different things. And then once I go to write, it just it just comes out. Yeah. You know, and so that's how we literally built, you know, the album. So I went back home. And when I came home and let my wife hear the production, she was just like, yo, this is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. And I knew when I had the production alone, I said, this album is going to be excellent. I hadn't written mm-hmm. anything. I had like some concepts, maybe like a hook or two, but. I was like, this this album's gonna be crazy. Mm-hmm. I just just off the production alone. If you're not excited for it, no one else will be. Right. Yeah. You know. And so, like, you know, we went. I went back again the following year. Like, I want to say like March or April around that time. I want to say March to finish. Like, you know, up the production and stuff. But I had been writing all along and just kind of like living with it, mm-hmm. writing to it, living with it, writing to it. And then, of course, in between that. I just released some music, you know, just some ideas yeah. and exploring and stuff. But You can't keep it all bottled up. Right, no. but I got to a certain point where I got locked in and focused for the album. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, you know, I finished it. Um, shout out to my bro, uh, Brian Kidd, who mixed and mastered the album. He's incredible. He mixes and masters a, a lot of the artists around here who live here. Mm-hmm. You know, their work and, and, you know, artists that are out of the state as well. But he mixed and mastered the album. And then I have some guys that did some co-production um, on the project as well. Um, and then there's one beat up there that Daniel didn't make, but he approved mm-hmm. from... Um, my brother Siege in California, he's worked with like TDE um, and some other like bigger name artists. And yeah. so it was cool linking up with him because I, I, he's definitely one of my top like five top 10 producers. So, but like just seeing how everything came together and the people, the talented people I had around me, it just like that was just, I guess, like a out, small outline or yeah, a synopsis yeah. of the whole process. So. Um, and I don't at all mean this as a slight or anything, but for the for this production of this album, you did the absolute most um, in far as far as like the actual development of the album, but also the promotional aspects, whether mm-hmm. it was the event at Cam or having illustrations of each of the songs, mm-hmm. or it seems as though you had everything like laid out before you and you just had to execute it. Um, as far as your creative process goes, how did you decide? I guess, how you wanted to introduce it to the world. Of course, you had that Jay-Z inspiration and Uh you had the cam event, um, but there are so many different ways you could have gone, and what was that guide that took you to making those final decisions? So I'm a very visual-driven person. Um, For my albums, I was telling one of my brothers, I told him that when I write an album, I try to get a centerpiece Mm -hmm. of, because that centerpiece, whatever that centerpiece is, it helps me build around what the creative, I guess, motif or theme is going to be for that album. So when I came up with the title, before I had even written anything, I had the title I thought I knew. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that came to mind was the Thinker statue. Uh, which, which is your album cover. Right. Yes. Um, recreated. With you. Right. And so, uh, which I believe is want to say it's 20 20th century art if i'm not mistaken um and so i'm not along for this part right yeah yeah (laughs) so so i i did my i did my research you know Mm -hmm. like i like i'm not an intensive like art studier but i do certain things pique my interest 
It's you have in, to have some sort of like knowledge of the predecessors to influence your current work. I think that's the realest way to do it. Yeah. That's the authentic way to do it. Nothing is ever truly original. It's, I mean, it is, but it's offshoots it's of what not, influenced right. you. It's just, it's just I, I feel like the best way for artists to create is to be inspired by many creative things mm-hmm. and make it their own. So, you know, I, I took inspiration from that century of art. And then ironically, which I thought was very cool, was that, Picasso created in that century too. So going back to the whole Jay Z thing, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm in the right era then. Like this statue was made in this era in this century of mm-hmm. art, and so um, that's where t- some of the inspiration of the paintings came from. So I was like, okay, I want, I know from here what I want to do. Um, pulling inspiration from that, um, and also some other artists that I've seen do illustrations before. I said I want to create like a small gallery. Because I'm, my centerpiece is this statue. Mm-hmm. So let me create this small gallery of art to go along with what I have and pulling inf- inspiration from the Jay-Z Picasso um, video and documentary. I want to create my own version of that, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and to add a layer on top of that, which I probably won't release it. No, it'd be, it won't be later than sooner. But at the listening session, there was an alternate version of the album that we put together. Interesting. So nobody except the people who came heard it. So what I, like, using my creative writing, like, I created, like, this outline script. And I have a friend, his name is Jay Adams. That's his stage name, but Jarrell. And so he creates these crazy good soundscapes. It's almost like um, listening to a comic book. Okay. So like, okay. yeah. So it's like if you ever if you if you're in the comics, if you ever read comics before, like if you're reading, if you're a reader like I am, when I because I read comics, mm-hmm. you you're reading and hearing the sounds that are or imagining those sounds. Yeah. He actually creates those sounds. Huh. So my idea was because I'm in the comics and Marvel. So and is it of, music or like ambient noise? So like so it's. It's they're like skits almost, but they're not skits. Cool. Like cool. It's an it's an audible book almost, like kind of what he does. But like an I, audio book. Right. So <laughs> yeah, but what I did like an audio comic. Like yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and the thing is the name of his like independent label is Sounds Good Comics. So like and he does it in his own music. So I, I hit him up and I said, I have this idea for my listening party, um, or listening experience for you to create and do what you do for a version of my album and i said you know i'm going to send you the outline right and i I want you to like i create the outline some of the script and you fill it in and so what the idea was i thought to myself what if this listening session and experience right Mm -hmm. was happening in an alternate universe with more advanced technology what would it sound like Mm. right so it's the same event it's me, yeah. More modern technology, and have you ever? I don't know if you've ever been to Disney World, but you know the um, the it's a small world ride yeah. where you kind of go through. So, like, think of a way more advanced version of that, yeah. Where you can see, smell, hear everything. Yeah, you've got these like 4D movie theaters now. You go see Finding Nemo, and they like spray you with it. Yes, yes. right. But think of like how that would be in the future better yeah. right you know what i mean so what so we had to 
take it and see what would that sound like, right? Yeah. So we created like essentially the same thing. Like, and if you when you hear it, it's really cool. Like because my wife plays. If people haven't figured it out, who were there? My wife plays the AI, so she's the AI computer. Uh, Jarrell's the navigator. Like kind of like telling me you can hear the people walking towards wherever they're going. Wow. You can hear her over the intercom, but you can't hear her super clear because it's no it's like being in the airport where you can it's hear It's supposed people to be an talking. intercom, yeah. Right. So so then when you get there, you hear him saying, like, don't touch the paintings unless you like traveling to a a parallel universe and like he's saying all this and you can hear the it, it's it's amazing. So I'll be releasing that later, but when people were there they heard that version of the album. Interesting. So they're hearing like this kind of like uh, alternate universe edition, but the songs are playing as one file. Mm-hmm. So it's just going. It's just going and going. And in between, like there was this really cool moment, and I don't want to tell it all, but <laughs> this is really cool moment where Jarrell took a clip from, like he said, uh, from Earth, one or earth four or something like that oh like the disney movie no but he so he took like so in the dc comics right there they have different universes right so mm-hmm. there's an earth one earth two earth three earth four got it, so got it. So yeah, forth, yeah. right so i gave him that idea like so he took an interview clip for me from like some 2015 and he's like here's an interview clip from Pat Jr. on Earth 4. And he played it. It was it's just really cool. That is just the little things, you yes. know? Yeah. So people who were at the listening party, and I'll put it out later this year, um, but people who were at the listening session were listening to the out al- that version of the album mm-hmm. that nobody else has heard. So like I I really wanted to engulf people in the experience Mm -hmm. and kind of like I'm a visionary, like, you know, put that stuff together. And yeah. So now, uh, obviously the title of the album is I thought I knew, and Mm -hmm. you have done, um, so much to create a holistic experience for the, for your creation, uh, aspect of as well, but also the audience who's engaging with Mm it, um, through this experience, your end specifically, what, do you now know what have you learned oh, through wow. creating the album? That's a, that's, that's a good question. Uh, so I've learned, I've learned how to be a better husband. Uh, I've learned more patience. Mm-hmm. I've learned that, you know, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry, but also there's a healing process you know, you know, coming from depression because your big quote that you have on all your social media is I bleed in my music so others can heal. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm very transparent in my music and like you can hear like I think what I love about this album is that it's a closing of chapter of sorts for me because in my older work, you can hear like especially in uh, Black and Mild Black Wayne, right? It's, it has that dark theme Mm -hmm. you know because i was going through some dark times like it was rough but um this album served as like a closing of chapter of sorts because you hear kind of how i got to where i was but then you also hear my healing process Mm -hmm. you know so there's a lot of there's themes of um self-confidence learning self-confidence in that project Mm -hmm. um 
there's there's a there's lessons of forgiveness, you know, of things that I went through in my past that I had to be healed from, you know, the bitterness and, you know, the the grudges and and things of that nature. Yeah. And so I've learned a lot. Like, I will definitely say I've told people that spiritually, emotionally and mentally, I am such in a better place than I was. And the last track of the album is a tale to that conversations with my pastor. Yeah. So those conversations, like I tell people, those conversations I had with my pastor, shout out to Pastor Jerome, uh, I wouldn't have been able to write this album if I didn't have those conversations. Right. Because we're unpacking a lot of these shadows and these, these things that I'm dealing with and we're, we're you know, almost like counseling to a degree, you know? Absolutely. And so we're unpacking these things and I'm starting to see these things as a man that I need to um, grow in, you know, so I could be a better husband, be a better friend, a better, a better brother, a better son, like all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've learned a lot. I'm still learning, but there was a really crucial time of me, like really digging deep inside and really questioning do I really know how to forgive people? Yeah. You know, especially when it comes to loyalty, which I'm big on. Do I really know how to forgive those who weren't loyal yeah. to me? Or did I think I knew, like, how to do that? Like, you know, or, or do I need to learn? And so I discovered, like, no, I really don't know how to. Mm-hmm. Let me learn how to. You know, so then there's, there's this perspective of in um, – same D song. I, I don't know if I can say D A M N on the radio. You can say that. Say damn song. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so on same damn song, I I talk about like just learning to forgive. You know, um, learning like I think one thing that is a common issue with people um, is that we tend to when people react to certain things or do stuff, something to us that hurts us, we take Mm -hmm. it personal Yeah. instead of realizing that unless it was like directly, like I hate you or this, this about you. Yeah. Then that's, that can be taken personal. But I think a lot of the times when somebody reacts angrily to something or somebody is rude or whatever the case is, we take it personal instead Mm -hmm. of realizing that, their behavior is a response or stems from how they were raised. Their hurt. Yeah. Their hurt, their pain, things that they've been through, behaviors that they still need to learn how to fix and do better on. And that's one thing that I had to learn how to do is not take, even when we want to, because it hurts us. Yeah. How not to take, take things personal. Or even when, you know, there, there are times where you're, you're, it's not you. You don't see the loyalty that you want to see, or you know you come from like a broken home or whatever it is. Like, and you see certain patterns of behavior. Like for me, like my dad wasn't around. Yeah. You know, and so sometimes, and and I'm still learning even now. Like I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you grow close to somebody, you get cool with them and y'all build a relationship and then they ghost you for some odd reason. Mm-hmm. And they don't even tell you could have been something that you've done that you don't even realize that you've done. Yeah. And they just ghost you. Yeah. And they're on social media and, oh, yeah, talking. It's like, what's doing... wrong with me? And what am like, I doing? What did I do? Like, yeah. you know, what happened? And I'm learning to realize that 
there might be an emotional intelligence issue there, but I can't take it personal. You yeah. know, like I, I'll pray for you. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? I'll move on. But it, and it could be hurtful because here stemming back to my dad, ghosting my mom, yeah. you know, or leaving my mom. So I'm I'm learning these like things as a man and I'm growing as an individual and becoming a better person. And I believe sharing this experience with people on my album and being transparent, it opens the door in a room for people to know it's okay to heal. Like it's, you know, it's, it's cool to be, you know, not cool, but it's okay to be depressed or sad, but there yeah, has yeah. to be a moment where you have to realize there's a healing process as well, you know? So now that actually transitions essentially perfectly. And what I was going to bring up next, um, of course the, the path of creation is never linear and there are pitfalls and difficulties and things, but you have had, um, a great deal of successes regarding all of the work that you've put into this album. Uh, as far as I can tell, it's received incredible critical acclaim, all that you've, what it seems like wanted to do has mm. been done. Um, but what other goals do you have for your career, whether it's musical, I know that you wanted to start a podcast in the future, uh -huh. um, or your visual art or your writing, what goals do you have for yourself going into the Ooh, future? Yeah, well, podcast is one of them. Um, you I did tweet recently saying, yeah. hold me to it, it's coming out. <laughs> I did uh, my research. Thank I know you. what you're saying thank online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I am, that's that's in the works, uh, and I'm excited about that. Uh, I, I want to... There's still more things I want to do with this project because, of course, I'm working on new music and I'm thinking about releasing new music because that's just the era that we're in now. A lot of people have short attention spans and they're like, I was I was reading a tweet. It was actually an artist in Charlotte. I can't remember who. I think it was. I can't remember who it was. I just know it was in Charlotte because I remember seeing where the location was. Yeah, yeah. But I remember them saying... Um, Artists will release an album, a really good album, and then two weeks later, three weeks later, you'll see somebody ask, um, when are you putting out new music? Yeah. You know? And There's so, this weird musical trend, and I think, I don't, as I am a, a young person, I cannot comment on whether or not this is because of the digital age or the instant streaming or anything like that. Is. But you hear of fans saying... I love a song. I listen to it. Uh, it's so powerful to me. And you listen to it so much until it has no power over you anymore. And then they're like, what's next? Give me the next thing. Uh, just suck it dry, you right. know? And it's it's difficult because uh, the creative industry demands a, um, some semblance of pain for art to have effect or have meaning right. or have value. People have to live to create good music. It's inherently damaging to the artist, but it's so addicting to the engagement. It is. Yeah. It is. And so it's That's funny. a whole other can yeah, of work. Like like <laughs> I was having this conversation with my wife the other day, like this is why I don't watch some of my favorite movies all the time mm -hmm. or a lot. Because you I watch want, them when you want to cry, not whenever, or when, or when I want inspiration, mm -hmm. or when I want to whatever, like like, or just to watch it again and appreciate the visual aspect of it because it doesn't have the same impact if you've seen it ten times, fifteen times, twenty times. Yeah. You know, um, like one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, The Fifth Element. You know, and don't so, think I've seen that one. Oh man, you got to see it. It's still a, it. It is really ahead of its time when it, it was it was at, it was ahead of its time when it came out, and I I think it still kind of fits with 
um, modern movies, how they depict the future. Okay. I, I think pretty good still. But I've maybe seen that movie three, four times total <laughs> over my life. You know what I mean? Like yeah, three yeah, times, yeah. maybe max. Um, but anyway, uh, I want to, I'm saying that to say I want to extend the life of this project. Mm-hmm. I still, you know, put out new music or whatever. I'm hoping to at least. I'm thinking about it because I have some really great ideas. Clearly. <laughs> I appreciate it. But, like, I want to extend the life of the album. So I'm working on some things with my team. Uh, with my manager, we were talking about putting on some events um, pretty soon, actually. Um, and so I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm also looking forward to releasing the uh, alternate universe edition of the album. Very so stoked people, on that yeah, one. So people can hear that. Of course, more visuals. I'm thinking about doing that, too. Well, I, I am going to do that, too. Um, so, yeah, like, as far as... Extra, I think that answered the question correctly. Like, just more about what I'm going to be releasing or what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what my focus is because I like, I really I want to, and I'm sorry, th- yeah, you take your time to answer this question more correctly. I want to, I want to use the album to engage these conversations that need to be had. Absolutely, you know, um, I'll say this when I want to say it correctly, uh. It's disappointing to see how, you know, you have, like, younger, like, rap hip-hop artists, right? Mm -hmm. That make stuff that's, like, super mosh pit heavy, like, you know. But there's also, like, this, like, drug culture that surrounds it. Right. I'm a social work student, so I, I'm all about that. Okay, yeah. cool. So you, you're going to follow me here, right? I actually so, am truly enjoying this conversation because I'm double majoring in psychology and social wow. work. And I'm also just a music fan. So everything that you're saying, I'm so tuned into right now oh. and just truly enjoying oh, it. Oh. Anyways, carry on. Yeah. So Please keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, uh, so, like, there's this you know, drug culture. And unfortunately, we've lost some great artists to it, right? Um, But I'm I'm seeing this trend where artists are using, like, because, you know, they have this, like, they've labeled some of it like sad boy rap. You know what I mean? But they're using, like, depression and sad images and a look, like, even, even... Fashion wise, like creating, like yeah. using depression and all that stuff to really market the music, like the drug culture. The, it started the, with like Nirvana, and now it's coming over into mainstream, right. like hip hop. I mean, yeah. and it, I mean, and it's not like it's not something that not not here again. Like I get as artists, we want to create like uh, how you feel, how you what feel you're experiencing, the, yeah, visually. But it's becoming like redundant, like you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like it's becoming like a lifestyle almost, you know, to the younger generation that are listening, you know, and being influenced by this stuff. And I really, really dislike the drug culture that's being promoted in music because you have younger, easily influenced people who are listening. And I mean, Xanax is like the hottest drug of all right now. Percocets, like all of that. And so it's like, oh, this is how you cope with this. And it's like, no, that's not how you do it. That's just how this person is coping. But now that's how everyone is. Exactly. So so with the music, you have this brand or this image that's 
marketed and it's not like uh it's like a several times like it, it ha like that's their brand as the artist. Yeah. Like, you know. And so I wanna have these conversations about that. I wanna have like, okay, if you've done those drugs before, if you it's not good, but it's okay. Here, you're not let a bad me, person yeah, for you're not a bad yeah. person for that. But let me show you there's a healing process. There's a better side to this. Yeah. You don't have to stay like that. Yeah. This is not a cool thing to do. Yeah. It's not good. It's not healthy. It destroys lives and families. Lives, and families, people's relationships. Let like, alone your brain and body. All of that. You know what I mean? So stay safe. Stay sober out there. Yes, please. And so like I want to create those comments with this project because yeah. I have like you hear and then you know my song Better Days I've contemplated like suicide I've contemplated you know different ways to cope and like we all have our coping me mechanisms right it might be food for some people mm -hmm. when I, I went through this phase of and I still like smoke cigars every once in a while now but I went through this phase of smoking black and miles. Like that was part of my coping mm -hmm. like mechanism. But that's also something that's become like uh, commodified or I don't, I don't commodified. I don't know what the word is. It's uh -huh. a commodity because of the culture as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. cigarettes and you know what I mean. Yeah, it might be alcohol for some people, you know. But yeah. even doing those things too much, indulging in those things too much, will kill you. Mm -hmm. You know, will destroy your body. Well, you know, and so. I really want to use this album as a conversation to show, like, here is what I went through, but there's a healing process as well, you know, so that the newer things that I want to do is just have more conversations, and that might be via a podcast, because I think the music is, is cool, mm -hmm. but I think, you know, the, the conversation outside of the music is important too, you know, because... Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm not just making the music just to take care of my family or, like, this is real life to me. I'm putting my real life in my music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me step off the stage and sit down and have a conversation with you and tell you, like, my story. And hopefully it can help you in some kind of way. Now we're going to pivot slightly and step back onto the stage okay. because, of course, we're here to talk about um, WKNC's biggest event of yes. the year. Um, when you will be on stage, which is once again uh, February 7th, fourth and final act of the night, headlining Double Barrel Night One, um, what can someone expect from a Pat Jr. concert? Ooh. What kind of showmanship do you put into a show that you put on? Uh, that was such a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I can say what people have said. Uh, I have super strong stage presence. Um, I, I like to invite people in to my world and like say, hey, this is our world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, whether that be encouraging them or relating to them through the music, like, but the, the stage presence is there. The I have my moments, my my quote unquote turn up moments. They're there. So, I like, my show, it gives you a little bit of everything, but it's still me, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I am hoping to make it, like, I want. I don't want to say too much, but I have, like, some really um, special things planned. Beyond excited. For this show to really engulf you in the world of 
my album okay. and Pat Jr. and the things that I like that I'm into, the nerd that I am. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm really excited about this upcoming show. Um, as you you said before, like, you see me hard at work, mm-hmm. you know, and um, my wife is actually in my band, too. So she knows that I like to practice. What instrument does she play? Because I know you use a full band. So, well, no, it's not a, it's an unconventional band. So my wife and a friend of mine, Lizzie, they do backup singing, right? Um, and then I have a DJ, of course. He cues everything from an SP-404. Mm-hmm. We're evolving in that a little bit soon. Um, then I have a drummer, my MD, Will. I'm Jackson. My, uh, excuse me, my DJ is also a known beat maker in the area, Tony G. Not mm-hmm. sure you're familiar with him. I am not, but I'll definitely check him out. He's done some events with Roundhouse, so really dope. And I do know Roundhouse. Yeah, yep. super, super dope producer. And then um, my business partner slash friend of mine, uh, Justin Pelham, he plays keys. So that's that's my setup. Um, but I, like I said before, like you can expect a great time um, – you can expect encouragement, a little turn up, some aggressive raps here and there a little bit. You know, just the different sides of me. It's it's, it's in a full-on experience, mm-hmm. my show is, because I like to show people the array of the person, yes. like the spectrum of the person that I am through my music and my performance. So it's it's fun. Um, and just kind of like a, a curious question, because I did mm-hmm, see this on mm-hmm. your Twitter. You recently got a new practice space. Yeah. So you're definitely putting in like all the work for this, pulling out all the stops. Yeah, yeah. Nah, uh, the new practice space is really dope. Nice. It was really, really dope. Um, yeah, like I like there was a documentary that Beyonce put out for her performance at Coachella. Mm-hmm. And... Like, homecoming, right? Yes. Yeah, it's homecoming. on Netflix. Yep. And so they talked about or displayed rather like the closed caption kind of talked about how often they practice. Yeah. And so when I rehearse, I go full on as if I'm. As if it's a performance. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, artist tip, artist tip, major key alert. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no. Major key. I, right, yeah. Like I, I like to go full on, full out, like it's the actual performance. Yeah. And we do songs over and over and over and over again. Um, and there's a lot of for me at least, there's a lot of sweating. There's some good cardio. Yep. Um, so that when I actually perform it, it 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 comes off as like, eh, like that was Easy. That was easy. You got to make it look easy. Right. So, like, but I'm building myself and my endurance for that. Like, I have um, a trainer now, so I'm working out with him intensively in certain areas and just bettering my health. Congratulations on the gains ahead of time. Thank you. You're like, welcome. Yeah, like, I'm bettering myself, just my health. And so um, I'm excited. What I'm really excited about is to see, like, my energy within my own body, like, how I feel. Yeah. When I'm up there now versus the last time, you know, I was up and did a, you know, long performance or whatever. So I'm really excited about that. So, yeah. And uh, I mean, we at WKNC are, of course, like super excited. You are the first headliner that we thought of. And actually, 
I think one of like the first two or three artists that we emailed, like when we were putting together this uh, this lineup, my program director Henry and I uh, were sitting in my office and we were like, okay, we're gonna draft up our dream lineup. You uh-huh. know, let's let both list the eight acts that we want, whichever ones we agree on, we're gonna go, and then we'll debate those. And then headline night one, we both said Pat Junior. Wow. Um, and Henry was like, oh, I was ready to fight for that one. And I was like, No, we're good. <laughs> no, we got this. <laughs> Super easy. That's so cool. we Thank are you. beyond excited. Um, once again, remind audience members where they can follow you on social media, where they can check out your music, um, how to get more involved with your productions outside of Pat Jr., I am Pat Jr., mm-hmm. um, and just you know how to keep up with what you're doing. Yeah, so you can always go to my website. It's IamPatJr.com. Make sure you spell Jr. out. Um, and then social media is all the same. I am Pat Jr. Um, so I-A-M-P-A-T-J-U-N-I-O-R. Uh, for my website, my social media, Twitter, Instagram. And so the album I thought I knew is on all streaming platforms. Uh, also, if you go to my website, uh, I have a newsletter that goes out nice. that people like to keep up with. Um, so if you go to my website, you can sign up for that. And people get to know what I'm doing before everybody else does. That's probably how people found out about, like, the cam event and stuff. Yes, yeah. yes. Like, that That in itself, like, <clears throat> just to backtrack a little bit, when we had, like I had a small list of people who like my homies and my close family and friends that were on the list, like a small list. And then we had an additional like maybe 80. So it was like 100 total first, but we had like mm-hmm. 80 spaces left. Right. Announced it to the public. And like before the end of the day, within like 10 hours, nice. we were down to like five spaces. So. I called my, you'll hear this on the documentary, I called my manager and was like, look, <laughs> what do we need to do? And so she said, don't add 100 more spaces. Nice. We want to make it, like, intimate. We want to make it, like, you know. And so, like, I think I added, like, 50 more. And so within a few more days, those were gone, too. Absolutely. So, and we had, like, I want to say it was over, like, 120 people in attendance. So it it was it was really that is really cool. It was really cool. So yeah, definitely a big event, but still intimate, not like overwhelmingly huge. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So like the people who were on the newsletter got to sign up for that first. Yeah. So some other stuff that I'm working on that's coming out for the you know for the public. But if you're on the newsletter, you'll find out about it first. Nice. So yeah. What is your personal? Um, let's do like a quick like. Uh, um, like a grab bag series of questions. Okay. What's your favorite song that you've ever released? Mm. Wow. That one's heavy. Because, like, they're all your children. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I would say right now. I would say right now my favorite song that I've ever released would have to be Summer Breeze. That's on the album with Sianka. Mm-hmm. She's really, really dope. If you don't know, if you don't know about Sianka, she's um, out of Charlotte, uh, R&B singer, super dope, uh, and she actually has a project out too. C Y C Y A N C A Sianka, and she's featured on that song "Summer Breeze." And the reason why right now that's my favorite one that I can really think about is because the song was different for me. Okay. Um, on the album, I do rapping. I do a little bit of melodic rapping, so I'm singing a little bit. Like, it's not... The foundation of it is hip-hop, but it's very eclectic. Yeah. As you heard the album. Absolutely. Um, so, 
I mean, your brain just seems to work in a very eclectic fashion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, I, I love that song because it gives you some of my childhood, which I've, until the album, I haven't really talked about. Yeah. Like, um, at all, really. You know, so that was, I want to say that was the first song that I really talked about my childhood a little bit. Yeah. My experience in elementary school and what was that like? And so, so yeah, like that I would say, and I had, I had fun with it. It it felt good, but it was different for me as far as the presentation of the song. So yeah, that's Summer Breeze featuring Sianka. That's currently my. What was the most difficult undertaking of creating this project? The most difficult. <clears throat> this is the first album that I've recorded myself. So this is the first project I've recorded alone. Yeah. Um, I got my own home set up and everything. Because usually... Another one of your tweets was like, you got to like sink some money in to like see some return, which is a hurdle to get over, but a necessary evil. Right. Only, well... I've had the blessing and the honor to have a group of friends who I've like met over the year, grown to know over the year. But a, a lot of these people just came to me and said, I want to help you succeed. Like Justin. Absolutely a blessing. So talking about like recording myself. So before I started recording myself, uh, Justin Pella, my business partner, he's in my band too. Mm -hmm. Because, so, side bit, like, the, uh, the thing outside of Pat Jr. is Pelman Jr. Because I do sound design and stuff yeah. like that with him. So, um, he was my engineer. Mm -hmm. Like, he was recording me. Mix and so, I learned a lot of the stuff that I'm, I was recording for this album from him. But that was the most difficult process because, like, I had to invest some dollars into getting my room treated. Mm -hmm. Like, I had the honor of him just saying, here's a mic, boom, like, yeah. record. But I had to get treatment for the room that I'm recording in. Um, I had to buy certain plugins, like mm -hmm. to get the quality that I wanted before I sent it over to Brian so he can mix and master it and, yeah. and all that stuff like that. And then I also, because of the person that I am, like I had to, uh, even in some cases, like, hey, Brian, here's this money. Buy this plug-in so you can have it to mix my stuff. Mm -hmm. So, but that was the most difficult process. It was, in, it was a learning process. It was enjoyable to, like, the first time recording by myself and learning and hearing my voice. And But it was cool because at any moment, at any time during the day, I can say, no, nah, I want to go record that over. I don't have to set a schedule, say, hey, JV, can I come out on this day? And, like, at any moment... Yep. I can just go and change whatever I want to change. But it was a battle because I would record stuff, re-record it, you know, and all that stuff like that. You can't so, get away from it. Yeah. You can't. So, but and, it also helps because if you're sitting on your couch in the morning eating cereal and a melody comes into your head. There you go. You got it right then and there. There you go. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I, my good friend, um, he lives in Chicago, Suede, another super dope artist. He actually helped A&R this project. So he was like, and, and Another major key, major key alert for artists. <laughs> um, it's good to have like an A and R friend who can hear your demos, not someone who will critique how it listens, but so get someone that can listen to your music and hear what you're going for. 
Like it takes a special ear to do mm-hmm. that, to hear what it's going to sound like on the other side. Yeah. So he listened to a lot of my demos and said, no, this is good. He was um, he was kind of like a rap coach. Like, yeah. this sounds good. Your voice inflection sound great here. You might want to record that over, but I couldn't hear you clearly on this. Like, he he helped me in that process. And so, um, but nah, like, like that was the most difficult, you know, is learning core of myself, how I want to sound. I learned a lot. I grew a lot in that process. But yeah. Well worth it. Another grab bag question. Do you have a favorite or most rewarding or most memorable fan interaction? Oh, wow. I always love when uh, artists answer this question because it's kind of like, not only do you get to admit that like you have fans, kind of mm. gas yourself up there for right. a second, but, <laughs> but it's like um, it's really cute to see what people me- re- remember. That wasn't a word. <laughs> uh, the one at the listening party. Okay, so the 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 cool the really cool ones have been the random people from other countries that have hit me up. I've had a lot of those on social media. Like this one guy from Paris sent me like this paragraphs like of it, it was crazy like of how much he enjoyed the album and just wow. every, it was just like I've had so many random people from mainly I want to say like UK, Australia and Canada and New Zealand New, New Zealand hit me up. I mean, the UK has like an insane rap scene right now. They've got Look, their own culture. I want to work with Stormzy one day. <laughs> He's incredible. Um, however, my favorite fan interaction was at my listening session. There was a young lady who came up to me and she just found my event. Like yeah. she just was searching for something to do. She came across my music. She passed it to her two other girlfriends that she had with her. They enjoyed the music, and they were like, oh, he's having this event. Let's go to it. Yeah. So they came to the event, and she was talking to me afterwards, and we took this picture together. She was like, I said, well, what do you, you know, you want to take it? She was like, I want to take a picture. I was like, cool. She was like, can we do the pose from your album? <laughs> and I was like, my heart melted. Oh, my goodness, my heart melted. She said, can we do the pose from your album? And so like I sat in the chair and did the pose from the album and she kind of sat Indian style and did it. And we took a picture together like that. Oh, okay. I thought she was going to be like the little boy looking at you. No, 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 no. no. so cute. We both, we <laughs> both did the same pose. Did you pull it up? Yeah, this is it. Well, people on the radio can't see it, but you can see but it. But it is on at I am Pat Jr. on Instagram. It's so on Instagram. you can scroll back. Yeah. So What's the date of posting so they know what to look for? October the 21st, 2019. So the day right after the event. I posted it, yeah. Nice. So it, it was, uh, it was my heart melted. I was like, yo, this is so cool. And so I took the picture, and she was just like, oh, my God, the album is dope, and blah, blah. So it was, yeah, that was really Little cool. Little did she know she was listening to a special version. Yes. 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 <laughs> I, no, I told people that. So, but yeah, yeah, she was, it was cool. It was really cool. Um, and last but not least, what is the number one takeaway that you want people to get from this interview? Obviously, come to the event, but about uh, you. I mean. Right, yeah, come to the <laughs> event. Come see my performance. It's going to be super dope. And, I mean, it's a stacked lineup all weekend. Of course, we're referencing Pat Jr. on February 7th, first and foremost. But, I mean, we got the dream lineup. Henry and I were ecstatic. Um, like I said, we were making our list. We were lucky enough that the first people that we asked, our top eight, said yes. So, oh, wow. literally did not have any secondary switch outs. That's dope. Dream, dream show. That's dope. Sure. <laughs> uh, Takeaway from this interview. 
Mm. It's okay to be you. Um, it's okay. It's okay to be you. It's okay to be real. It's okay to be great. That's what I want people to take away from this. Thank I, you so much. I'll, I'll let you finish. No, 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 no. No, no. Like, <laughs> no, nah, I was just about to say, like, I think people struggle with that. Yeah. Uh, being themselves, wanting to be real, true to who they are, and not sure if it's okay for them just to do what they want to do greatly. Um, but, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. No, that, that's Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for all of your insight, for allowing me and our audience like a peek into your world. Uh, I cannot stress enough how excited we are for you to headline night one of Double Barrel Benefit 17. Um, this interview will be coming out on a as a podcast in the next couple days, which we are very stoked to rotate continuously. Uh, once again, Double Barrel Benefit is February 7th and 8th at King's in downtown Raleigh. Uh, it'll be... Um, Eight o'clock, the doors open. The first act each night goes on at eight thirty, so you definitely don't want to miss it. Starting kind of late, so you can, uh, you know, peruse the the wares of downtown. Come ready to dance. I want to say this too. Please come see the whole show. Absolutely. For the people that are coming to see me, don't text me or ask me when I'm going on. What are the set times? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Come see. I think you guys put together a super dope lineup. Thank you so much. When people do things like you guys are doing, like artists or just like curators, like they're trying to put together an experience, come see the whole show, mm -hmm. please. I'm going to be watching. Please come see the whole show. And this is kind of just to gas you up a little bit. I know that I got to interview both Dot Wave Media and King Gino. Okay. Uh, they're comprised of, uh, I don't believe all of them are um, NC State students, but collegiate age okay. uh, musicians. And um, I can't remember which uh, which interview it was. I'm pretty sure it was King Gino, but they specifically mentioned um, that like you were an artist that they thought was like making big waves in the oh, city. And they were like God. very excited to be on this lineup, very excited to see what he's doing and like play with this. And like both of those acts are like already doing their own thing, they making are. their own waves. But like it is really cool to support like NC State and college age musicians sure. and then have someone who has like already been in the game who is like that much further ahead, just finish off the whole night. Gonna be crazy, gonna be so good. Um, everyone putting on the absolute best show. It's gonna be dope. And absolutely, Pat Jr.'s album, um, I Thought I Knew, was out on all streaming services. It's been out since November, so you really have no excuse not to listen to it. Um, and if you like what you hear, it's on WKNC, it's on streaming services. Come out to Double Barrel, and you can get a real-life experience yes. of I Thought I Knew by Pat Jr. Um, this has been DJ Beowulf on WKNC 88.1 FM HD2 Raleigh. We are going to sign out, and I'll see y'all Probably later this week. I'm always here. Catch you on the flip side.